Good day, good day, and welcome to Season 4, Episode 5 of the Point 99 Podcast with me, your host, Mr. Steve. We've reached the halfway point of the season, and no, you're safe. There's no singing this time around. There's also no letting up in the amazing guests, or at least I feel that they're amazing, that I have lined up for the second half of this, the fourth season with a familiar face joining us later today. I do, however, have five fresh new faces for the guest hot seat, seeing us through to the finale at episode 10. It's an early in the week recording for me this week as I'm tagging the main recording onto the back of the guest interview. I've got a bit of a busy week, whining, dining and taking in a show. It's great to get out, it's great to socialise and have a break from all things, including running for a night, but it doesn't have to make organising my week just that little bit more difficult, including finding a slot to record the podcast. Nevertheless, it's onwards and upwards as we look ahead to this week's guest. Before that, let's hit the intro and learn a bit about the wider community my own running and the responses to this week's question before we line up another one for y'all. For those who are unfamiliar with or are new to the show, the Point 99 podcast is a running podcast for all runners of all abilities, the everyday runners out there. If you're new to running or to the podcast, we hope to have guests, topics and discussions that will help you along whatever path your journey is taking. For any seasoned runners or listeners, maybe we'll have some stories that will have you empathising with our experiences and predicaments. If it's lessons we've learned during our own journeys, embarrassing stories or heartstring pulling moments, we hope you'll stick with us while we try share some good vibes, motivation and positivity. And hopefully we can have a laugh along the way. Some of you may recall I was an active route ambassador in 2023. With the year done and dusted, the new ambassadorial program has rolled around and for this year I have opted not to reapply. Not because I don't love the brand or anything, I'm still a customer and I will still support them. It's because I wanted to look for new opportunities. Personally, I only like to try and undertake one main ambassadorial role at any one time and I'm fully on board with stepping back and letting other people have the opportunity to experience what it's like to be a brand ambassador. I don't believe in doing the same thing year on year or selling my soul to as many brands as possible. So I was on the market to become a new brand ambassador And in fact, I only applied for one company this year. Even though I was unsure I was going to be successful, thankfully, I was lucky enough to be selected by the amazing Kylo in the wild. Anyone who's the least bit familiar with my profile will be aware that I wear sunnies nearly all of the time in my photos come spring, summer, autumn or winter. Whether I'm running cold water dipping or paddleboarding, I typically have a pair of sunnies on. Kylo in the wild are just that as well. They're a polarised non-slip sunglasses brand born and bred in Scotland. That's two big ticks for me. One being sunglasses, two a Scottish brand, as I do love supporting and shouting out Scottish brands. There are a few familiar faces within the community as well who have been successful in their selection. So there's a potential for some teaming up and heading out for promotional photos and ambassador type stuff. Anyway, I'm super excited to get going with this role. If you're interested at looking at what Kylo has on offer, head over to kylointhewild.com. I'll also have a discount code going live very soon, which I'll share for a tasty discount on any of your purchases and for that matter I'll be using it myself to get a stock of all the vibrant funky colours to match all of my running outfits. Like I've said in the past with Active Route, I will only take on an ambassadorial role if it is a product that I am happy to put my hand in my pocket and buy myself. I don't see the point in shouting out something that you're not personally using or gonna use in your everyday life so 
here we go. Kylo in the wild. Thank you very much for taking me on board and hopefully we can have a fantastic 2024. Things in the community though have been pretty quiet once again with events still being fairly few and far between as we work our way out of winter. As spring peaks its head around the corner we are starting to see the event calendar filling up from 5k through to spring marathons and ultra marathons. For me I of course have my sights set firmly on the Inverness Half Marathon. It falls the day after the John Muir Way Ultra, so I'm sure we're going to have a jam-packed roll call for the episode that falls the week after both. My own training though in the run-up to the half has returned to being fairly consistent. There was another half effort at the weekend, but it was unfueled and on very tired legs by the end of it. That was in part due to the 5k time trial I put myself through on Friday evening to judge how my shorter distance times were looking. Although I did achieve my second fastest 5k time, it wasn't easy nor was it pretty. I'm my own worst enemy, I have very little self-drive to push my boundaries on sessions like these, even if I'm wearing the wonder shoes that are the Nike Vaporfly Next% 3. Although the reality is that I was only 15 to 20 seconds away from my personal record, it felt like a very long way on that particular day. I know if I roll out of bed feeling revved up and raring to go, that it would be entirely possible to set a new record, especially with a bit of competition to spur me along. I do need to get myself signed up for a local club and get a little bit more of a competitive element to my running and just push me on that bit more to really start making headway with some of these times. But oh, I'm, I'm just a big scaredy cat really at heart. And yeah, I'm used to running on my own. But one day, maybe we'll see that crop up. Okay, so let's get on to this week's question. And you've been amazing with your responses as always. There have been so many that I would 100% love to undertake myself. Some may be a little bit tough at times, but each has great variety in their scenery, history and culture. So the question I set for you though was, if you had the opportunity to run the length of any country, where would you choose? And in this scenario, your accommodation, your gear, your hydration, your nutrition, all your expenses would be covered. All you would need to do is select the destination and then run the length of it in whatever time it took you to run it. The question was, of course, inspired by not only this week's guest, but also Russell Cook, who is running the length of Africa. But nobody followed that example and said a continent. There are some sub countries, ones that aren't full blown, but I'm going to let it slide and we'll stick them in there. Starting us off, we have two individuals who have chosen somewhere that I would love to go myself. And I've said it in past episodes, I would love to run this country's marathon. That is, of course, Japan. And that comes from both John, that lazy running guy, and Peter, peter.n.c underscore runs underscore. Now, I think this is because there's such a variety in its prefectures, in its landscape and in its culture. Just the length of the country alone, you start from the very cold all the way down to the tropical blue seas. That and the Japanese people are always portrayed as being so welcoming and so nice. From Japan and sticking on that side of the world, we go to a country that I believe is of similar sort of size, maybe a bit smaller than Japan. And this suggestion comes from our man in Saudi Doug, that's Doug underscore runs underscore Saudi, and he's chosen New Zealand. He said it's God's country, second only to Scotland, obviously. I've never been to New Zealand, but from what I have seen, it does look a lot like our own country, except maybe just on steroids. Flying to more familiar shores, we have James Gow, Jimmy Bunter's suggestion of Greece. I'd go Greasy says, nice and warm with lots of cool history stuff to look at. That's a good shout and kind of on the vibe of what the next three people have suggested here as well, which is, well, a bit of a cop out. 
but also the smart man's choice of the world's smallest country, Vatican City. And that comes from my wife. It comes from Annie and Lauren, the running girls and previous guest, Chris Evans, chris.runs.a.lap. So Vatican City and Greece, I think just the two with their history, Vatican City with who lives there, but the whole aesthetic of the history, the ruins, uh, the buildings, it would just be pretty cool. I'm not sure Greece would be cool. It would be a bit warm for me, but it would still be lovely all the same, especially for those who love a bit of ultra running like Jimmy because it's so rugged and so untamed. We're flying west next for Ben, the barefoot daddy suggestion, and he says Canada got to be. For me, that is a good shout. I've got family in Canada and it would be so cool to do a bit of running and catch up with people that I've never met so far. It is a massive country. It's very untamed and just the sheer expanse of it all would be pretty mind-blowing. No matter where you were running there, you could also be running on areas that have never seen human footfall before. So that alone could blow the mind Sticking with Western shores and all things big, especially on the size of the country itself. We have TJ, I run for shirts and medal suggestion, along with Stuart Rowan. Stuart runs a lot, that he does. They've both said America. TJ's choice was my own country, America, as the states are so diverse. And that was followed by Stuart, who said LA to New York City. I've followed a few accounts in recent years who have done the LA to NYC challenge for charity and it looks so, so hard. I mean, just with the diversity of temperatures from East Coast to West Coast, not, not forgetting North to South as well, it's just a bit of a beast and would be amazing at times, but also very, very tough. We're sticking again to the western side of the world and we have Carl Orm's suggestion of Chile. Now, I don't think he liked my response here. I thought I would love a good dad joke because I said, if you get tired of running with your feet, you can always try the Andes. I, I know, I know it's terrible. It is terrible. That is a good shout though. A bit of elevation there. One for the ultra runner as well, I suppose. We're heading back east now with Patrick Watkins' suggestion. Iceland. It's smaller and looks like another planet. It really does, doesn't it? The waterfalls, the volcanoes, the geysers, and of course, having a populace who are always portrayed as being so friendly and so welcoming. That and their cathedral just looks architecturally, oof, it's a bit of a golden moment for me. Again, I've never been to Iceland. I would love to go. I've had family that have been there. It does look pretty awesome. It is, however, still the size of Ireland, so it's not going to be a walk in the park. We've got a couple more here. We've got one from James McQuillan who says, Isle of Man. Now, I don't know if Isle of Man is technically a country, but I'm going to let it slide as I'm a bit of a petrol head and I do like the idea of running around the Isle of Man TT course. Not quite the length of it, I suppose, but still pretty awesome. And you could probably do that in a day. We're sticking with British shores here and our very own country. Of course, there had to be at least one suggestion for Scotland and it comes from the awesome A.B. McCracken. He says it has to be our own country. It's the most beautiful in the world. Let's do it. Now that's a throwdown if ever I heard one, but something that the community as a whole could undertake over the course of maybe a few months. We could dip in and out, set up little sections and just undertake it in bite-sized pieces. Definitely doable and a good shout, my man. Now, finally, we have a man who is not picky whatsoever as his response was anywhere. And that's, of course, our episode two guest of the season, David Wright. So no matter where you want to send David, just send him. You'll happily run the length of wherever you put him. Maybe into the wilds of the Serbian 
wilderness or, or Russia, you might think twice then, but oh, that would still be pretty good as well. A bit of something different and an experience and a half. And that was last week's question for you. I have to say thank you very much for all the responses. They were really good. Uh, I'm not sure Carl will ever speak to me again with my response to him, but I did love reading through those. This question comes from the community, not from myself from a change. Now, it is season three's guest, Michael Crawford's sister. So, of course, my cousin who has suggested this one. And she said it came up at her 6 a.m. club. She has a little running club that she goes out with early in the morning. Certainly not my type of running. But anyway, it has spurred the question today. Gems has said with the price of events having gone up from years gone by, and they have, they've gone up year on year. Would you sacrifice a medal, a t-shirt, a goodie bag to have a cheaper event? Now, I think I have seen this maybe on the odd event offering a similar sort of thing, but it's a great question. Would you sacrifice a medal, a t-shirt, a goodie bag, or even all of the above in a situation where you could get a cheaper event. I know for some people, events are about setting times and getting kicked up the backside to put a little bit of heat in their running. But for other people like me, it's about getting a medal and undertaking a challenge. I personally don't need any more running t-shirts, so I could forgo that for a cheaper entry. And a goodie bag as well. As long as there's a bottle of water, I usually take my own. But you do sometimes get some good things thrown into there. It is, however, for you guys to decide. I'll, of course, have it up in the question box on the stories on Monday. But if you want to slide into the DMs or the comments, you can, of course, do that right now. Once again, if you had the opportunity to get a cheaper event by foregoing a medal, a t-shirt, a goodie bag or all of the above, would you? Okay, now I'm seeing the time. Let's move on. Let's get on to this week's guest. I've put it in the stories. I've alluded to it already. We do have a returning guest today. It's someone who I absolutely loved speaking to back in season two. And it is the one and only Mexican senorita, Tanya Carmona. I loved speaking to Tanya back in season two. It just feels like such a long time ago, though. In that episode, we were looking ahead to a challenge that she was flying off to not long after, but she has now undertaken that, and it was a multi-day ultramarathon at the Ultra X Jordan. We'll be talking a little bit about how she got on there, but also how that event has now inspired a phenomenal five desert challenge that she is putting herself through over the course of this year and the year ahead. We'll also be talking a little bit about her very own podcast, the Ultra Happy podcast that documents not only how this event is going to be going or these events, but also a little bit of background as to ultra running for those who want to step into that world. Less of the beating around the bush. Let's get on to the discussion that I had around about 30 minutes ago with this amazing woman and learn all about what she's got going on. It is, of course, once again, the lovely Tanya Carmona. Today, I have a returning face to the hot seat. She was someone I absolutely loved speaking to back in season two, and I have no doubt I'm about to love our latest catch up. Since her initial appearance on The 99, she has participated in and completed a mega multi-day ultramarathon at the Ultra X Jordan and has also started her very own fantastic podcast, the Ultra Happy Podcast. It not only documents her ultra journey, but adds a great insight into the world of the Crazy People Running Club. The addition of her partner Andy also creates an awesome dynamic. The Ultra Happy Podcast covers more than just her past and current journeys though as it looks ahead to her very next adventure, a whopping 1,250-kilometer battle, which involves the five major deserts of the world. 
But rather than me waffle on, let's get to chatting with the main lady herself, fresh from a weekend of eventing, and find out how it's all been going. It is, of course, the delightful Tanya Runs the World, Tanya Carmona. Whee! <laughs> Back again. You have obviously enjoyed your last visit. I know. I Yeah, I, I'm still here. <laughs> I didn't hate you, so that's good. Oh, good. good. <laughs> and it went down well. The, the, the listening figures were very good. Uh, oh, I'm glad. I'm glad people are liking it, listening to this nonsense. You were one of our very first uh, guests as well. You were, oh, I think you were that? guest number three or four. It was a good juju. Yeah, yeah. Sure. And I have to say, but I, I, I said it to Omar uh, Stanley Persodas. I, I do love your, the, the Mexican heritage as well. I, I like having, I like, I love just anything Mexican. So I'm so glad to have you back. Thank you so much for having <laughs> me back. Uh, it's early in the week, but I have seen you've been out for a recovery run already, but you were going a little bit crazy at the weekend um was it 42 kilometers yeah it was a marathon Mm -hmm. Marathon. that's just that's too much too much like crazy for this time of the year it was a marathon and we did it fully geared with my eight kilo backpack we decided to go for the eight kilos so not fully with a 10 uh just because it was it would be the longest run with the weight on so my coach and I decided like let's not go full you know full crazy here let's just mm. you know add a tiny bit of the weight so we just did a seven eight ish with the water and uh, it was 18 meters elevation so that was yeah I still I still getting recovered yesterday was like a zombie day you know when like after a race that you feel like hangover and dehydrated and your brain still a little bit like confused and foggy in what just happened and today uh, I, I tried to go for a run but it was more of a walk run to be honest my legs are absolutely hating me at the moment I think it was just my hip flexors and quads it was a it was a leg killer route like absolutely recommend it it's such a beautiful place but yeah it was definitely a uh, a life killer but yeah glad to get it done and more so with the time limit which it was a very friendly um race very beginner friendly i think um for anyone that you know that wants to get into the distance and trail and try even the trail running i think that it was a great great event for for that it's in um tweed valley i believe it's called okay um very very nice yeah definitely recommend it and because they have a really nice cutoffs so you don't feel pushed but because obviously i was wearing the heavy backpack i was walking a lot more i was just trying to push but still um so i was happy that i was able to at least finish it within the cutoff uh limit and i you, was not the last one so that was good <laughs> you made your life a little bit harder but obviously that that has you have a reason for that and we're going to get to that oh through yeah the, through the, throughout the interview no no it's fine it's fine like, I no think, no 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 i don't know why i think people know so this well i actually think a lot of people might already know because i'll either follow you or yeah. Um, a lot of our a lot of our listeners are what the fartlek listeners as well, and you were of oh, course right. there. I did listen yeah. to that episode, and that was a fantastic episode as well. Were you um, butt shuffling down the stairs though, like your reel had shown not so long ago? Yeah, yeah I still <laughs> I, I still struggle to walk a little bit. Actually, I think today is worse than yesterday, of course. So today was like when I seen my training schedule was like sixty minutes. I was like, there's no way I'm gonna be able to run 60 minutes I cannot even walk so I just went out for a shuffle like I think it was like yeah very slow even Andy went with me he was walking and I was trying to trot along I know it was so painful and I did even less than 45 minutes I think it did 40 minutes and I couldn't do it anymore and uh, it just came home and nap all afternoon so yeah just waking up because yeah definitely Still feel my body very, very, very broken. So, a, mar- yeah. a marathon's hard enough, Tanya, let alone an elevated marathon with yeah. a heavy backpack on as well. I know. I don't know what I was thinking. But you know what's a fun thing? Like, well, when we get into it, it's like, now you have to do it many, many, many more times yeah. in a row. That's, that's going to become life for you now. <laughs> that's what I was like, I don't know. I don't know what, what am I thinking? <laughs> Since you were last on the show, I kind of co- covered it there in the, the intro. You have done a, a proper 
crazy multi-day ultramarathon as well with Ultra X at Jordan. Um, how did that go? Oh my God, that was so much fun. You know, I feel like I should listen to the podcast just listen to like back. remember. <laughs> yeah, just to remember the feeling if I was nervous or not. I cannot remember now. I don't think you were. I think you were looking forward to it. You, you were, yeah. you may be a little bit apprehensive, but you were looking forward to it. No, I, I had a, a blast. I loved it. Love, love, love the route. It was, I was craving from so, for, for some sun and heat. <laughs> I just bought a little. It, of course, just a little. And um, my Mexican blood needed a little bit <laughs> of uh, warm weather after being here for so long with no heat and no sun. So I got my, my vitamin D uh, top up. And it was absolutely amazing. It was such a great organization. Um, so I'm not sponsored by them or anything, but I would do recommend that run as well. I think it's, uh, again, super, super well organized. You, you feel safe the entire time. They take your bags each stage. So you don't have to carry just, you know, just your fuel for that run, but you don't have to carry everything else. So that is great. And the people were amazing as well. The other competitors, I was able to like, I feel because you are with that people for longer than just a day, let's say in a long ultra or a run, you connect more because you see them after you see you even see them after the run. So you run yeah. and then you hang about all afternoon with these people. So yeah. You're literally like living with them for that week and you see people struggling, you see people, you know, and it's funny because the first couple of days you start walking like a penguin and then the last day, so obviously everyone's just shuffling around the camp and it was, I don't know, it's just so funny because we're, you're, you're sharing, you know, doing something really hard, maybe some maybe really fast and speedy, but obviously there are some other people that, you know, are a little bit, you know, so everything and there was actually a mom and a daughter doing it together and they were just walking it. So they walking the entire thing. So I love that as well, that it was so inclusive that you could have, you know, obviously the elites or like the super fast runners, uh, but you also have, you know, someone that maybe uh, the mom, mom is like, um, I can't remember her name, sorry, but she's actually quite well known in the ultra world. Okay, She's done bad water, 11 times wow. and i know i know she's amazing i can't believe i forgot her name she's, <laughs> like i said she's quite famous and the daughter was just there you know she wanted to introduce her daughter into doing this kind of you know ultra events which i think the stage format is like a really nice way to introduce yourself into doing something a little bit lengthier yeah. without having to go to the 50 or 60 that maybe scares people a little bit more you're not dropping so, yourself in the deep end you're taking it bite size and immersing yourself exactly. in that whole environment exactly plus obviously you are in a beautiful part of the world so yes. that's always you know if you ask me i always say that that's what running like that's why i do the running not because i love running i don't know if i told you this in the last episode but i <laughs> really hate the running part of it like I'm yeah. not a runner I don't consider myself a runner I don't I don't particularly enjoy running what I enjoy is being able to do these challenges so you know the the vehicle is running and I have to do it and, and that's I like to explore and you know do these distances on food but it's more more for the traveling and the exploring and yeah. the telling itself rather than the running. So being in that uh, part of the world, it was absolutely, you know, and obviously after you finish, you can, you can spend a little bit of holiday around as well. Cause it's, I mean, you're already there. So why not, you know, you can do a wee um, holiday. Um, it's a bit, of, rec holiday. bit of recovering <laughs> at recovery afterwards, isn't it? Yeah. It was well great deserved. having that recovery in the, in the Dead Sea after. <laughs> so it was, so, 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 so good. And we're better to replenish your salts than in the Dead Sea. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got a bit of a spine there. It was really warm as well. It was just really, really nice. You, you did mention there as well. You felt safe because obviously there, there was a, a, it's a long going, but the difficulties in, in the 
general area kind of kicked off just before you went over. So it's it's really nice to hear that you felt safe. I know it's a couple of countries over, which is a, a few thousand kilometers really, but I think that's yeah, thing that really was- put some people off, if, if anything. Yeah, yeah, we do, we didn't know that was happening. Obviously, again, well, when you are doing this race, you don't have any connection with mm-hmm. the world. So literally the world can be, you know, ending and you've no you have no idea. Like it's just <laughs> you're in the middle of nowhere. And my family was going to meet me in Jordan at the end. Um, you know, just to do like I said a little bit of traveling around and we were going to stay in Jordan for a couple of days and then fly to Israel, just, you know, again, just traveling around. Yeah. And the things ha- didn't kick off until we finished. Like one or two days after we finished, we're still in Jordan. We were finishing actually Petra and all that. And we were traveling in two, three days later to Israel. Yeah. And that's when the things kick off. So we were in the Red Sea, literally looking at the front, you know, you're just crossing the sea. Like, obviously, you see water, but just crossing across the water, these things is happening. That thing is happening just right yeah. there. But we never seen, we never heard anything. Obviously, we, we couldn't continue with our trip. We had to take a reroute, reroute to go somewhere else in that moment. But um, in that moment, it was it was fine. Uh, but yeah, I, I know there was another race, for example, the one that I'm doing. Uh, this year these organizers had a race in Jordan same Mm -hmm. thing and they Mm -hmm. had to cancel it last year so yeah once you do if you do these kind of races definitely you are more exposed and you know and maybe yeah they're 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 more wild areas generally and politically um and I think as we're getting we're getting closer to 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 the challenge that you're doing and it is very close to a lot of these um, hot zones of the world more than just in temperature but I think the main thing is that you feel safe while you're doing it yeah absolutely part and parcel as we get closer to to what you're 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 heading towards mm. and off the back of Ultra X Jordan you created a your own podcast to kind of document not only everything that's come before like we've talked about before but also this new love of the format and a new challenge that you're doing. But you have the podcast firstly. How's that yep. getting on? Oh, it's been so much fun. I like I was saying, I am um, I'm loving having that time with Andy and just chatting because Andy, my partner, is on it. Cause I thought I think people would be very bored of me listening, listening to my voice for an entire hour. But I thought Andy is hilarious. He always laughs at me about all my crazy stuff he's not a runner he's so I think he brings that part of of it you know like he brings it down to earth like this is what happens you've got the every man everyday man and then you've got the crazy lady (laughs) exactly and then I'm like there with a crazy chat and to be honest we've had like great um response from people and they I'm a little bit jealous because he's getting all the attention. Everyone's like, we love Andy's <laughs> stories. Like, oh, Andy. And then I sometimes I meet people, I don't know, down the road or in the street or I meet them at a run or something. And they're like starting like, um, I was like, hey, do you want to go for a hike with me? And they're like, oh, no, because I know I'm like, Andy, I'm scared where you're going to take me. Like, what's a hike <laughs> for you? Because he was making fun of that in, a, in their podcast. Uh, with me and so it's funny when people are starting like you know knowing you maybe a little bit more because um how how Andy is just you know making fun of of the situation but um I think that it just brings a little bit more fun into the chat and obviously we're still covering really interesting topics about obviously running my journey um I'm a coach so um, I'm able to bring a little bit more of training chat but always with you know with a twist of of being happy which that's why I put the name to the podcast or the ultra happy podcast because it's all about doing whatever makes you happy so um you know it's not about uh times and paces or you know being the best that you can you know like you just want to have fun and enjoy life and if what better you know who a better person to share with that with Andy? <laughs> he he certainly does add a nice dynamic to or a different dynamic than most other podcasts are runners talking to runners. And he sometimes interviews. Yeah, exactly. And you forget that 
not everyone listening might be a runner. Whereas from your dynamic, you've got Andy, who's not a runner. He can ask the questions that the everyday person might ask you or take a different stance on things. But I think the thing that kind of sticks with me most, and it was only just the other day, because you've got the um, video format as well, it was you had him tasting like the gels and it was this reaction to tasting the gel. I think that's a normal reaction because they're not very nice. We just love them because we're weird. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And he's been seeing that cupboard full of those things. (laughs) you know in the kitchen for you know six eight years and he's never even thought about you know eating any of that but because I was doing I was going to race my marathon and obviously I'm always talking about the food and what I'm taking and all that we're like I I, made a big order to you know to cover the marathon and I'm like I'm going to share with everyone what I'm going to take and what I'm doing for you know preparation for for my next challenge and all that. Obviously, nutrition is a big big part. Obviously, in fueling and all that. Yeah. So it just uh, and it's like, what if I try it? I'm like, do you want to try it? And then we just you know, it was so funny. He, he he put himself to it there. So, and I will tell you what, it was super interesting to taste it myself outside running. Because have you ever tried a goo just? Because no, like you never sit down and you're like sipping on. I'm weird, Tanya, because I'll sit oh, and I'll have a, I'll have a Zoom energy bar when I've not been running because I love the taste of it. Oh, energy bars is fine. An energy yeah. gel I'll maybe have because again, I'm very strange as when I was younger, I loved the taste of undiluted diluting juice. So the really, really concentrated bitterness yeah. i love oh, that you are weird i am weird yeah not so much anymore i don't go around like chugging bottles of undiluted yeah. juice um but i i will have I, I, it's not beyond me if you're feeling a little bit not that I, dr- I don't really drink alcohol anymore but if you're feeling a little bit deflated in the morning i wouldn't rule it out having an energy gel just to give you that little bit of a kick what? in the morning oh mm-hmm. my god that it, that will i will never think about that i think <laughs> So when I was sitting there with him and he was trying it, he's like, oh, this is very strong, which you're right. It's like very strong taste. I never thought it was that strong taste until I was sitting there. Maybe because you're running. When you're running, obviously you do dehydrated and you're like, you know. You need something sharp as well. You need something really, really strong. But when I was sitting there just you know, in the podcast and we started like trying the things out and, you know, making fun of, of it and these faces I was trying it. And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe we eat this. This is horrible. But obviously, you know. And it's a style we eat them as well. I was, I think it was what the fart like mentioned as well. Um, that some people, like I used to, you down the whole gel in, in, in a couple yeah. of seconds. And the recommended is you take it little by little over the course of the hour Oh, I no, don't like that because I know it's sticky one. hand and stuff. I just yeah, like not no. doing that. Just just get it down. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't stay down, it doesn't stay down. Yeah, no, all <laughs> all in one. It has to be a shot. Just hit me quickly because yeah, I can't I can't be bothered. <laughs> so we've we've got now we've got the podcast, which is covering a story. You've got a, a really heavy backpack, which is for a reason, and you've now got your hydration and your nutrition. So can you share what your next ultra crazy mega thing is and why this is all part and parcel of it? Oh, dear God. I signed up for this crazy, crazy um, series of desert, of, sorry, of races. So there are five races within a year. Each race is 250 kilometers through the different deserts of the world. So sort of like the oh, the Jordan that we did, yeah. but the difference is it's a little bit longer because Jordan was 230. These ones are 250. And uh, these ones are self-supported. Wow. So now I will have to be, that's why I was saying about the backpack. So mm-hmm. I have to be carrying a backpack with all the things that I'm going to need through those 250 kilometers with me. So they only provide water okay. and a tent to sleep, right? So they camp by camp. But you do have to carry your food, like everything, your dehydrated meals, your fuel, you know, all the bars and the goose and everything that you need to eat during that. So that's why also it was maybe in this, in this race that I did this weekend and the things that I gave Andy to try that day 
maybe I wouldn't like recommend them to do like even an ultra run or in a long run. I try to keep it like with real food. Yeah. You know, like, but the thing is in the desert, like you need to think. You You're know, not taking one... a bag of frozen potatoes and letting them defrost in your bag. Exactly. Or my sneakers, because I love having a sneakers halfway or yeah. like that's my retreat, but that is not going to survive or <laughs> fruits. Like I love having an apple or a banana, but I don't think banana is going to end up absolutely squashed and you, you could apple have... is too heavy. Well, you, you, I suppose you could get the pressed chipped versions, but even then they're still going to take up quite a lot of room. Exactly. And you they just don't cut the mustard the quite as well, do they? Yeah. So you have to be very, very smart in the fueling. I think that's where <laughs> the, 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 you know, the catch is. Mm. And obviously taking care of yourself, your feet, obviously, which it was great that I had the Jordan experience because uh, it was good to know that, oh, okay, my my shoes worked out, the gaiters, so like the things that you're using your shoes to cover from the sand, they were good. Um gear was great as well so now i just need to add the backpack and the nutrition to to that so and i love that like i was saying it's in different parts of the world so most of the reason why i do the running that i do is to just run around the world so it's a good excuse to you know (laughs) to book that holiday and just go and discover and explore five five very crazy holidays that was something that was something I noticed with the the photos from Ultra X, and um, not not just of yourself, but of all the athletes. Though there was a lot of foot care going on, there was a lot of still happy, smiley faces, and the camps look looked really good, looked really relaxed. But I think that must be really important for what you're doing, just to still relax, still enjoy it, because you are having to be they, mentally strong as well as physically strong. Those Ultra X ones again. I think it's a great a starting point if anyone wants to put their feet into ultras even. Mm-hmm. It's a great multi-day experience because they had also um, the physios every, after every race. Like you can just like, you know, put your name down and there's physios there for free that are massaging your legs. The medics as well are there to, you know, take care of your feet and everything. And this is not something that's very luxurious. That is like super VIP. You, you pay, know? The, and that, pay a premium for that though, don't you? Yeah. yeah. I don't, I can't remember if it's, um, you know, I don't know if yeah. it was uh, but a bit pricier than these ones, but these ones, the ones that I'm going to be doing, uh, there is no, there's no physios definitely at the end. And there's going to be like no massages at the end of the, <laughs> of the run. I will have to do my own DIY and I think there's medicals, but they are for emergencies only. So I will have to be taking care of my own taping and everything. So uh, I think if anyone has a little bit of a, of a bug of traveling and running and see how it would feel to run, you know, in the desert and all that, I think Ultrax is a great start. Mm-hmm. And then from there, maybe take on something a little bit bigger. Or even ultras, to be honest, it's just just generally crazy. ultras, yeah. Because yeah. it's even even in Scotland, running in sand is one thing; it's going to be a killer on your legs. Um, but running in boggy, winter, wintry, wet conditions is equally as bad for your feet and can 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 really do some serious damage. Exactly. Plus, you come back with an awesome tan. So, I mean, yeah. hopefully, not too good of a tan. Oh, <laughs> it goes I know. The opposite side of it, yeah. I was seeing a lot of uh, of uh, peers or the runners like having mm. to put a lot of sunblock on, and if they missed a tiny spot, they would get so so sunburned. It, there was like some really ugly sunburns around. Um, just happy I have like my my Mexican skin that I was like actually sleeveless, yeah. and you know I was just and everyone's like, oh my shoulders will die. I'm like, yeah, your shoulders will probably die. <laughs> I think like that. <laughs> that's the perfect thing. You've got you've got the background, you've got the the family heritage to manage yeah. the sun a lot better than someone like me who looks like Casper the Friendly Ghost right now. Um, <laughs> so where where do things kick off, and and how often are these races? Are they say a month or two months apart, or is it more like a, a bigger space in between them? Uh, so they start in the first one is in April. Okay. Uh, 26 in Nambia, away, South really. Africa. Mm-hmm. I know it's just around the corner. And then after that is um, Gobi, Gobi Desert in China. Then after that, we go to Jordan, go back to Jordan. But now with this organization, of course, 
Then we go Antarctica. And the last one is in Atacama in Chile. And roughly between each one, I have four to six weeks between them. So it's not a lot of time thinking, for example, in this one in Nambia, when they finish, I I usually am not going to come back right away home. Like I would probably stay there for a week, recover, you know, mm-hmm. I would recover whatever the trip it is. Yeah. And I will have a little bit of a holiday or whatever and then come back home, pretty much get ready, gear it up again, finishing touches and we're up again. So with my coach and I, we had to be very um, smart with the training in the sense of, we're trained like all the training that I need to that needs to be done. It's until Nambia or before, you know, before Nambia, I start tapering, and that's pretty much it. Like that is going to be the end of my training for this year because after that, it's going to be pretty much a game of recover and go, recover and go, recover and go. There wouldn't be much building anymore, obviously, because I would be. And then obviously, right now, my training is it's been pretty harsh. I feel quite quite tired and and but i know it's just going to be a couple more weeks and that will be pretty much me for for the entire season so i'm happy for that okay but we have to build quite a strong body Mm. to get ahead not only of one but five races so yeah that's you know that's a little bit different than if if i had only one for example probably i would you know i would have planned it differently i would have done my training differently but because it's five of them, and we have to be quite, quite, um, quite smart with it. Not just the the races themselves, though. How do you feel you're going to cope with the traveling to each of these destinations? Because it's not as if it's a hop, skip, and a jump away. It's quite a significant distance. You're going to have a little bit of jet lag, or are there days built in for kind of acclimatizing to your environment beforehand? Yeah, exactly. That's the other thing. So I, whenever I finish and before I get there, I would, for example, Nambia, I'm getting there one, two days before okay. at start, just also because one of the recommendations of the organization is to get there before because you never know if your bag is missing, mm-hmm. you don't make a, you know, a transfer or a transit. Um, I've been having issues with my visa. Like it yeah. looks like they don't have a lot of Mexicans traveling to South Africa so I, I'm trying to figure out if I need a visa if not some some website says yay some website says no I've been trying to call the embassy there's no like it's been it's been interesting and and I had to ask the organizer to call from me because I believe she has people in you know in the country yeah. and they had to call and they they did she said that they were like a little bit confused they were not even sure a hundred percent so yeah, th- all those things also are things that we need to consider, like I guess the visas and and timings, because I need to start processing the visa or applying for that just now. And shooting says there is a lot, a lot of bits and bobs that need to be, you know, logistically before just even getting there. So yeah. along with training and everything. So that's why it was one of the reasons why we decided to do the podcast as well, because it would be. I think it would be really fun uh, to share how, you know, the preparation to to do something like this. And if, you know, one day anyone is feeling interested in going and, you know, trying any of these races, they can be like, they will have somewhere, you know, to be like, oh, let's see what she did in nutrition. So I will have a, you know, a podcast speaking about nutrition or yeah. or traveling and how do you, you know, how, how did I manage that? So that's why we thought the podcast would have been, ideal because it is a lot of things um also they ask you to have patches in your clothes with your flag and the name of the of the race obviously mm-hmm. so that means that i need to start stitching them up so that means that i need to choose my year now and yeah. there is a lengthy list of kit check uh, of mandatory kit as well yeah so yeah there is a lot a lot of things going on and on top of that uh andy and i are moving as well so out of the country or yeah oh Oh, you missed that one i did miss that one yes you know you need to go to episode four i should have listened back now yeah 
So, so you, are you where are you moving to? So newsflash, ready? We are moving to Dubai. Wow. That would be know. great, though. That's a perfect location to be to train perfect for location. hot weather ultras, yes. <laughs> but on top of all this madness that is happening just now, it's packing a life here to just travel around, like, you know, I want to say around the world because it is quite far away. It is around the world, yeah. yeah. It doesn't seem that long because you can jump on a no. plane and be there within X number of hours, but it's still a quarter, still if not like halfway around the world. hours, yeah, yes. Like a 12, 16 hour flight, definitely with like, or even 18 if you do a long layover, like it's a lengthy trip. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all all that is, you know, required to do that. And that we have a dog. So I now have to be taking care of vaccinations and permits mm-hmm. for the dog to move. So it's, it's been, it's going to be quite a wild month of uh, April coming because that was when we're moving. The good thing about moving there is at least it's a little bit more central to each of these areas for dipping out and coming back, other than South America, um, which is still going to be a significant journey. I'm assuming once the fifth one is also completing out the way, you're going to pop back to Mexico for a little bit of recovery, or is that maybe not on the cards? Right now, I think this year, my all my traveling is just going to be... Just come back and To the races. Yeah. Yeah, back and forth because I I don't think I have enough time. Like I said, I have four <laughs> or five weeks between each one. And yeah. Again, I travel to Mexico. It's it's a good twenty hours, eighteen hours to go home, and you don't go that much. You don't travel that much time to to be three days. Like at mm-hmm. least you need to be at that point. Like whenever I go home, it's minimum two weeks because it's such a long, you know, yeah. such a long ride. So. But my parents will be coming for hopefully okay. for each one. Yeah. So they, they, I know I'm taking them around the world. So that's a great excuse as well to go and travel. So we just, uh, they're coming to Nambia. How How is the setup for that? Because I'm also conscious about time because I know you've got um, oh, other yeah, commitments no as well. <laughs> with spectators in mind, with Andy and your parents, how are these events kind of set up for accommodating um, spectators? Or is it more self-reliant on they'll tell you destinations you're going to be in and, and rough times and, and it's down to them to to be in these locations. So they have a great, this one in particular, I think all strikes have had it too as well, but I, it wasn't very, like it wasn't put out there. Mm-hmm. This one, Racing the Planet is called of their, is the name of their organization, by the way, if you want to Google it and, you know, take it out for, for previous, uh, for next uh, challenges. Uh, they do have, um, an option you can volunteer of course so Andy is thinking in volunteer maybe a, a couple of other ones um, and then they do have experiences for families members for example so this one in Nambia my parents are going to get there before the last stage and they're going to bring them to the last stage with me and they will be running or walking the last because the last day is 10k so you know they will be doing the last 10k with me and they will be crossing the finish line with me so they won't be going to the whole you know the all of the all yeah. of the days but they can they give you the options also i think i think they have that option i don't know if for all of them so far you know i'm getting the information for the the right the next one so it's nambia um and i think antarctica they do have also a package for for friends and family <laughs> so they can stay in the boat they can go and you know a I mean, what bit a of, destination to go not only to right? run but what a destination to go as a as i a, can go running and then if anyone wants to join you can yeah. just join the expedition because they have to almost like create an expedition yeah, for the exactly. runner so we go running and if friends and family want to join they have options for you know getting around the island or i don't know what they do um they have like different activities for them through through the through the through the through the day so yeah they do have options for that so that's why i love it as well it's really 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 fun and inclusive for friends and family to to come into the adventure with you without having to run <laughs> yes it's not for everyone it's not even for yourself <laughs> not, for everyone. not for everyone we'll see i have no idea i know i don't know if i'll survive it yet but like i think i i told you probably the first episode the first interview is i that's the things I sign off for. Like I wouldn't sign off for something I know I'm gonna finish. Like for me, it's not, it's not very appealing. 
So I need to know, I need to sign off for a piece that, oh, I don't know. And this one, truly, I don't know if I'm going to finish. Like, I just did the the marathon this weekend and I'm absolutely broken. Like, how how am I going to do that five days in a row? And then the sixth day, you, they hit you with an 80K. Yeah. Like, day, like you know, day after day, like, it's one effort after the other in the desert and in 40 degrees. Like, I don't even know how I'm going to cope. Like, I don't, I don't even, I have no idea. So there's no better way to build up a resilience though than to throw yourself in and immerse yourself in a challenge and really see how you'll get on. Exactly. If you know, I'm I'm terrified, but that's the also the other reason why I do these things. I need I'm driven by by the fear. Like if I if it wasn't that big, like I said, I'm not a big sports person like i'm not excited to go out and train i'm not that kind of person i would leave in my couch i'm one i'm one of those people but i am terrified of the challenge that i'm signing up for so yeah. i am like oh my god i'm so scared i don't want to die in the desert i want you know i want to enjoy it so i better go out and train so i am driven by fear and it was so funny because my mom said the same thing obviously they sang up well they're doing the t- the last 10k with me yeah and that's what she said yesterday she's like i went out running because i was so scared i'm like i don't she's like i did 3k and i'm dying and she's like i don't know how i'm going to do 10k with you oh it'll be so, so nice though and it'll be know, able I'm, to add that I'm extra them train for this as well yeah yes <laughs> Oh, it'll be so good to come away with that memory, especially the last the last one with the family. Yeah, um, yeah. Before we wrap things up, am I right in thinking you're, you're also doing this for charity? Uh, yes. there's, there's a, there is a purpose as well, more than just self-challenge. You, you, yeah. have, you have a, a goal in mind. Yeah, we're, um, I'm uh, getting funds for uh, a charity that is in Mexico. Because I thought, you know, I'm this race because obviously it's an international race. Uh, and I will be representing Mexico in this case, obviously. And it's one of those races that you truly, it's a, it's a truly international race. Like you have exposure all over the world. There's people coming from all over the world. So you are representing your country. So I thought in doing it for a charity that was close to my heart in Mexico and it's a house for kids in, in a really, you know, poverty uh, area in Mexico and they help them they give them food they give them um, a place obviously a safe place to be and it's so funny because they are also runners so the wee kids the little ones are discovering that you know using the running to you know to find joy in life and be happy even though they maybe are you know they don't have a, a lot of things maybe that we take for granted they they are discovering joy and by by being you know able to be free in in the trails there's a lot of trails where they are actually in durango is called the place um the the area and um so it's great for me but obviously the organ is a charity so they already struggle obviously to find funds for you know the normal daily you know food and yeah. um, things for school and and she was telling me so obviously when the kids wanted to start running and all that it's like it's a lot of little expense yeah. um as the you kids know it's grow not, so fast as well so you, you need it's to not a cheap sport them. yeah yeah no exactly <laughs> people may think so she was telling me you know like maybe sometimes they want yeah trainers and they if they grow up um and the shorts and the t-shirt you know like a proper one so they can mm. truly truly um train and they can go to races as well because now they are racing so these funds will also go into for uh, signing the kids for races because obviously they they have a prize to enter to a race. So they've been going to already to a couple of races. They've been doing so good. Sometimes even they win. They are in podiums. So they are such good runners. And I will be, I'm gonna be so, so happy to support them with with all these funds. They are going to go to 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 support them in their in their journey running journey as well. And if anyone listening, if they if they are able to contribute, they can find links through your I think um, in my Instagram would be the yeah. easiest way to get it. And also, you've changed that since last time because you need to reflect your now global stance. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're no longer just Tanya Carbona. What, what's your handle now? It's Tanya Runs underscore the world. <laughs> well, 
So if, if anyone listening is able to contribute in any way, shape or form and help the, the youth of tomorrow um, not only overcome a, a deprived area, but also grow to, to, to kind of show their love of sport as well, head on over uh, and drop any pennies that you can. Yes, please, please. We have a target of, I'm selling the, kilo, the kilometer for five quid. So it's, it's 1250 kilometers in the year. Okay. times five and that's yeah. how i you know plan the target so if you want to sponsor a kilometer maybe one or two or maybe half a kilometer i will be happy <laughs> and like <laughs> you said to, to do each kilometer is going to be so so much of a challenge for you especially with the weight and the self-supporting so yeah. i think five pounds is is very cheap for for helping you out as well so um, thank you so much hopefully no. everyone that's, it's been fantastic speaking to you again tanya i loved it i loved speaking to you first time and i've loved this one and it's, oh, it's great to hear too. all about the challenge um all i can do is wish you the best of luck i'll be tracking seeing yeah. how you get on and uh, i will also be contributing as well oh thank you so much thank you thank you for your podcast i always love love talking to you and sharing all the plans and uh, more so giving um some exposure to the to the good um, deeds that we're doing and hopefully yeah because like I was saying I'm a terrible salesperson like I I am terrible promoting anything my podcast or the charity <laughs> like I think I'm so you know I concentrated in my own training you're, and you're the too humble that... Tanya that's what it is you're too humble I just don't have like I don't I I don't like putting that out yeah. too much I like sharing my training and my everyday but I'm terrible at um at just kind of giving exposure to to all the other things. So having these little outlets definitely helps, and I appreciate it. Oh, I look forward to getting you back of our number three. When once you've got over all your yes, all your, your challenges, so cool. and once you've got over your move and settled as well, we'll get you back and find out how it all went. I will talk to you from from Dubai. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Tanya. Enjoy the rest of your night. Thank you. You too. I mean, what can I say about that? That lady is an insane person. I could never, never imagine undertaking anything quite like that myself. But then again, I'm not one of the ultra crazies quite yet, am I? It was a delight to be joined by Tanya once again. And I can only wish her the very, very best of luck with not only the mega challenge, but also the move that is going to be happening very, very soon. As I mentioned in the interview, if you do have any spare pennies that you're able to put towards Tanya's fundraising for a very worthwhile cause to help underprivileged kids in deprived areas of Mexico not only be fed and homed and also just, just looked after in a safe environment, but also look ahead to a life enjoying running then you can head over to her profile at tanya runs underscore the world as i said to tanya come payday i'll be dropping over myself and adding the pennies that i can help to support her challenge if you also find you have room in your podcast digest time then of course head on over to tanya's podcast that she hosts with her partner andy the ultra happy podcast I have listened myself. I didn't catch the part about the moving, mostly because when I listen to podcasts, I'm either running or I am driving the car. So I think in this case, I may have been focusing on the road and not caught that one. But I mean, come on, that's pretty crazy to, to do a challenge that's so vast, but also then commit to a mega move to another country at the same time. Best of luck, Tanya. And I'll be keeping a track of everything that you get up to. Next week, we'll see the addition of a guest who is not a full-blown ultra runner for a change going back to normality, but it's someone I can't wait to share the story of. More on that on Monday. Let's do the outro though and see the mega episode that has been episode five out for this week. If you've liked what you've heard today, the best way to support the podcast is to do what you're doing right now, to listen to, download and stream the show. A quick share with your family and friends or a share on social media along with a tag back to the Instagram page would not go amiss either. 
They're just two of the free things you can do to show your support for what I am doing. If you'd like to show your physical support for the podcast, you can, of course, buy a t-shirt from our merchandise partners over at Twisted Running. All the proceeds stay with Twisted and help them grow their brand to continue to provide valuable contributions to not only running podcasts, but running groups and coaches. The quality of their product is top notch. Like I've said in the past, I'm not getting paid to say that. I use my own money to buy the show's t-shirts and I only have positive things to say. So far, anyone else that's also bought a t-shirt has been super happy with the quality. You can find a direct link to the Twisted 99 page on on our website, uh, the point99podcast.com or by Googling Twisted Running. Dropping them a follow on social media would also be a great thing to do. The show is available on all major podcast platforms, not only the one that you're listening to. So if your friends and family don't like using Apple or they hate using Spotify, there's always an alternative for them. You can also find every episode streamable on our website as well via the inbuilt player on the episodes page. Now there's two episodes page, one that shows every graphic of the podcast episode so far bit of an odd way to say that which are linked to Spotify but if you go on the drop down there's actually an inbuilt player as well. Finally we're on both Instagram and Facebook although I've been a little bit tardy on updating Facebook recently so I need to get back onto that. Just search for the Point 99 podcast if you'd like to follow what I'm doing on either of those. If you want to get in contact with myself, you can always leave a comment in any of the posts, pop a direct message over to the Point 99's page or my very own at Mr. Underscore Steve Underscore Runs, or you can email me at the Point 99 podcast at gmail.com. But that's it for today. I hope you've enjoyed what you've heard. Enjoy the rest of the weekend when it comes, if you're listening at the weekend. If not, enjoy the week ahead until episode six. Stay safe, enjoy your runs, and you will hear from me soon.